Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that is figuring out a brave new world of having two children and what that does to your film watching schedule. My name is Tosin, I am the host, and I am based up in uh, in the middle of the United Kingdom, somewhere called Bromsgrove, just outside Birmingham. And joining me, as always, on the Isle of Wight, it is Sharon Bolan. Hello there. Yes, and that is who, that's all who is joining me at the moment. We might get a rogue person joining us from a BA lounge, because the jet-setting Holly Nesling, that, for that is the way she rolls, is, is currently sat in an airport in Belfast, I think, and, and might be joining us all the way from Belfast. And Sean, Sean Harris, our cinema-watching doyen, is somewhere in Vietnam. We believe he is safe, even though we haven't heard from him for like two weeks. So, and, and I, I, I'm actually happy that we've managed to actually record this, although... As to Sharon, as to when we actually get this thing up, God knows. Because we recorded a show two weeks ago that still, still hasn't actually been posted online. Our, 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 our public will just have to wait a little bit longer. Our public will just have our, to wait a little bit longer. Our adoring public. <laughs> our, well, see, now this is the thing. I found out today. I find out, I keep getting, it, it's kind of like, we keep having these people who listen, but listen silently. And listen kind of like, um... So, so yeah, we have people who listen and they listen suddenly. They sort of listen in the background. They just kind of like you know hide it, hide somewhere. And every now and then we get something pops up and the the listener they're listening. So it turns out that my cousin, the one who has the same name as me, Tosin, who is who's up in Edinburgh, he just sent me a message which was a bit I thought it was a bit cryptic. I was kind of like, what what the, what the heck is what do you mean by this? And it was just he just he just went why why deepest breath, and I was like, why what why are you talking huh? about why? And then he was, but he, he does this thing. He's one of these people who, if he's going to text you a sentence, he texts, the sentence ends up being about five different WhatsApp messages because he sort of like texts the first word, texts the second word, and then texts like three other words because he never just sends the whole sentence in one go. And I was like, what are you on about? And I thought that he was like, why, why? Then taking a deep breath. But it turns out that he was talking about the deepest breath, which is the documentary that we reviewed. Yeah. <laughs> the documentary we reviewed. And he, on our recommendation, he had gone to watch it. He had gone to watch The Deepest Breath. And he was, he was lamenting the fact that he was like, oh, no, no, The Deepest Breath. And we have just had, we have just had a Holly, a jet setter, a jet setter join us. <laughs> Who's, that, I am, who is actually now home. You're actually oh, home. Wow. Got cancelled. So our oh. flight was cancelled. They moved us to ten six something tomorrow morning, and we managed to move our flight to the three forty five today. So I am literally just through the front door, and you love see, you all so much. You see, you see now that's the thing. I was looking at this and I was thinking, I think yeah. that I think the BA lounge is a lot nicer than I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, I mean the BA lounge was decent. Don't get me wrong; it was perfectly pleasant, but it was yeah. But it's not home. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I, I was thinking. I was thinking. This looks a lot more homely. I would not expect that to be like a kitchenette in a. In the yeah. House. Yeah. No. No. There wasn't. It was good. Don't get me wrong. Belfast does a decent. Belfast City is an acceptable air, um, airport. But yeah, home is nicer. And I'm. Yeah. I'm literally through the front door. I am being mostly ignored by the cats. But I. Had the opportunity to join you guys immediately, and so I have done so. 
Well, and it is very, very, very well appreciated. So we were just talking about how our public has been listening and how my cousin, the one who has the same name as me, has gotten back in touch with us just sort of talking about The Deepest Breath. And he, so he watched it as a result of our review and uh, well, I think pretty much agree with everything we said. So The Deepest Breath, once again, I can recommend it. Storytelling, brilliant, and um, is it twists? I don't know if they're twists, but they're definitely so like surprises in it and all that. But I think it's it's good. It, it there's surprises and emotion in there. So I would say. But anyway, for anybody who's listening to us for the first time, for anybody who doesn't have the same name as me, doesn't live in Edinburgh, and, <laughs> and doesn't immediately go, oh yeah, 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 I listen to you guys every week. Um, what do we do on this broadcast? We are called Netflix versus Cinema, and that is because we. We essentially go to the cinema each week. We see as many things as childcare nowadays will, will allow us to. We see as many th- and we stay at home and watch as many things as we can, and we bring them together. We rate them all out of five, and we say where has our money been better spent this week? Now, this week, I believe that we well, we we do not have a Sean because Sean is somewhere in Vietnam, um, probably not in a BA lounge. Uh, in in ooh, I actually don't know what city he's in. But knowing Sean, it's probably all over the country. Um, but that usually means that when Sean is around, our, our cinema watching goes down a tad. So I believe, Sharon, you have something from cinema? Yes, I've seen The Great Escaper uh, at the cinema. Michael Caine's latest, well, they think it's his last film, don't they? Because he's announced officially that he's retiring. But um, some but, old but he horses has, just keeps going. <laughs> yeah, he, he has done that a couple of times. Yeah. He, he has done that a couple of times when he says, oh, yeah, yeah, that's my last film. I think, I believe Harry Brown was at one point his last film. Yeah. And, and then he, then someone brought him the script for youth. And the, and I think the way he describes it is like the old, the young boy in him who thinks, oh, my God, I may never work again. No one may ever ask me again. <laughs> Just jumps at the chance. So I think he, he retired for Harry Brown. Then he was in youth. Then he retired for youth. Then I think Christopher Nolan came coming. Then he retired. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, I think this one, uh, the people have been making that. But what it is, it's definitely, definitely the last film of Glenda Jackson. Yes, we know, yeah. Yeah, we know it was then the last film that Glenda Jackson was in. Yeah. It was definitely her last film. Um, so, um, all right, so we have that at cinema. We have that at cinema. And at home, the things that we've watched at home, um, I don't know if Holly is ready to tell us what she's watched at home. Uh, I oh well, let me check. I haven't put myself on mute by accident. I assume I haven't. No, no, you are not. You are Yay! not on mute. You are not on I mute. I am but... audible. Hurrah! I we can have. Hear you. We uh... can't see you, but we can hear no, you. No, I'm afraid. No, I'm afraid I've turned my camera off because I'm running around trying to do my unpacking at the same time. Okay. Um, so, so yes, I have seen series three of uh, Wheel of Time. Series two. Series two, yes. Um, you see, this is what happens when I get off the plane. Brain goes. I've seen series two at the weird time. I am not prescient. But I'm sure right. series three will be marvellous or not. Well, I have been hearing good things. I've been hearing things that make me think maybe I need to actually start watching that after the 15 million other things I need to watch. And I have seen They Cloned Tyrone on Netflix, which is, yeah, They Cloned Tyrone on Netflix. So, Sharon, I know you've seen Ghosts. Ghost yes. season season five on BBC I've seen iPlayer. UK season five and US season two. Yeah. All right. So, so I am two episodes away from finishing season five of you of I UK Ghost. Yeah, let's leave that one then. We'll let's, hold so, off on that one. Let's hold off on that one and let's let's leave that one till next week. When I would I have finished I'm, that. I'm three episodes or four episodes into season four, having only started it a week and a half ago. And <laughs> I will have finished and I will have finished season five by next week. 
Yeah, I know. I, 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 but I remember the first time we ever spoke about Ghost and Sharon, you, the one who who, rec- who reviewed it on yeah. the show, and you were just sort of raving about it and saying that it's brilliant, it's one of the best things ever, like, and yeah. you weren't using that as a hyperbole. You you literally meant that, like it's probably one of the best. Yeah, Ghost and Detectorist, I think, are the best television programs. Full stop. In the last ten years. Well, I, and I, I have to agree with Ghost. I think with Ghost, they pull off a... I'm the kind of person who, if I watch something good, like if I listen to a good album, let's say somebody does a, a good album, I'm like, good, fine, I've got that. And then they release another album and I'm likely to not listen to the second album because I'm scared that they're going to ruin it after the good stuff they did yeah. in the first album. And Ghost is so good that I actually... I know this is the final season of the UK version of Ghost. And I'm like, no, they could have gone on forever. <laughs> I could have I could have watched... I, I don't know how they did it, but it's so well-written, so well-performed. The ensemble works so well together that I was like, I could watch this thing. I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind them carrying on for another 10 years. Yeah, it just has a real warmth. It's, there is going to be a delightful. Christmas special, I've heard. There oh, is good. going to be a Christmas special. I think that... Because they've said this is the last season, but they have announced there will be a Christmas special to sort of, I don't know, just tie things up a little bit. <laughs> but yeah. I have to say, since since finally starting it, I've just said to people incessantly, it's delightful. I don't have a better word for it than delightful. Yeah. It makes me smile. If I'm having a crappy day and I watch it, it makes me smile. My eyes light up and I just, the world feels like a better place. Yeah. I, 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 I could not argue with that. I, I, I cannot agree with that um, um, anymore because um especially because it's one of the few things that you know obviously people talk about this golden age of tv and everything and sure enough there's a lot of good stuff out there especially on the streaming sites but i now that i have children who have started or at least one child that has started repeating the stuff that you know she hears on tv start realizing that there isn't that much stuff that you can watch with your kids <laughs> no, there, isn't. there isn't that much stuff that you can watch with your kids where you're getting something from it and they're getting something from it or anything like that uh, apart from if you're going to go with you know the 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 demon that is peck pig and <laughs> and i'm just kind of i'm just kind of like and ghost is one of those things where you can put it on and it is family entertainment but also good it is it is it's just it's I, I don't even think I don't even think wholesome is the word to use because sometimes it goes to some sort of dark emotional places. Yeah. I, I feel oh, absolutely, like, yeah. I've, it's delightful. The word is delightful. It is delightful, but I still think that there is at least one episode every season that is likely to make you cry. Yeah, yeah. which still least... means delightful. <laughs> it still yeah, means well... a thing of joy. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. has real pathos. It has real pathos, yes. and I think yes. that is quite hard to to create that. I think. But they just the seem to have this I... alchemy that, that, that it just works for them. Yeah. The only I... thing I can think of that brings me that, that sort of smiling is the very, very original 1980s series of My Family and Other Animals. Right. Which is, if you haven't the seen... Joel Durrell sort of. Yes. Yeah, early Joel yeah, Durrell, yeah, absolutely watch it. It's Hannah, Hannah Duncan playing Mrs. Durrell. If you, if you haven't seen it, watch it. It is just lovely and happiness-inducing. And... Um, yeah. Brian Blessed playing Spiro. It's just, it's all levels of madness and joy. All right, big, okay, big so... Fan of, big fan of joy. Okay, so Scottish Tosin, you hear that? Go find my family and other animals. From, when was this? The 80s, 70s? Uh, yeah, mid-80s, mid I think. Mid-80s. Okay, cool. And I think it stands, it stands the test of time. All right, cool. I think. 
Yeah, well, it was set in the 30s, isn't it? So it's yeah. it's not tied to the time in which it was made, which always makes No, sense. no, exactly. And I think I prefer it to the more recent ones. So mm. there you go. All right, cool. So, well, uh, I mean, it's, it's always it's always a iffy thing if they're going to resurrect an old old show. I mean, there, there are very few shows that have been resurrected that have worked. Um, I think um, Battlestar Galactica is about the only one I can think of mm-hmm. where I would say the new one is better than the old one. Um, yeah, yeah, that's about it. And I, and I say that thinking about the fact that they brought Frasier back now. And I haven't seen it because I don't have Paramount Plus, but I've seen the trailer for the new Frasier. And I, I think I tweeted about it. I was just kind of like, this is a mistake. <laughs> this Nicholas is... Lindhurst in it. That's the only thing I know about it. Um, but then I've never watched any of the old phrases, so I can't compare. Oh, no, 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 no. When you, when you talk about sublime com- bits of comedy, I feel like the original, the Frasier, the old Frasier, was there were some episodes where the way everything just came together and the way they did it and the, the, the sort of the verbose nature of it and the, the sort of wordplay. There's sometimes when I watch old episodes of Frasier and I think it, does not get better than that like tv comedy does not get better than that and the and then i saw the trailer for the new one and it just looked like any other american (laughs) half hour multi-camera sitcom that gets cancelled after one season like the one like the one with bill shatner with william shatner in it that was called beep my dad says disappeared there was one oh till death i think it was called Gone. There's um, Kevin can wait. Go and it just looked like one of those fodder things that they would have on network TV. And I just I I learned with this way. I didn't hear one thing in the trailer for the new Fraser that made me laugh. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. So so I I am really really not looking forward. To, I'm, actually, I'm not watching that full stop. Anyway, yeah, let's that's carry my to- view. <laughs> Let's carry on to the things that we actually have watched this week. And let us start off in cinema as is our want and start off with The Great Escaper. So, Sharon, tell us about The Great Escaper, about Michael Caine trolling us all by telling us it's going to be the final film it's going to be in. Yeah, he's yeah he did announce it after I think, but he, that as you say, it's not the first time. Yeah, this yeah. is a based on a two events that did make a lot of it made a lot of news coverage at the time, uh, and a number of years ago now, I believe it was something like the 60th anniversary of the D-Day landings. Yep. If my memory serves. And if this is an old gentleman who is a D-Day veteran. He's now approaching, in the film, um, the character played by Harry... Um, Harry, Harry Palmer. <laughs> I'm, I'm played by Harry Michael Palmer, K. Harry Brown. <laughs> yeah. um, he was a D-Day veteran who was in the Navy, and he was on the ships that basically took the troops over. And he took them... His um, ship took... Um, people over to Sword Beach, which is one of the British beaches. Yeah. Where um, the land of the three British and Canadian beaches that Sword was the one that his ship went to. And he was one of the um, crewing one of the landing craft where uh, the armored vehicles were going ashore and to take the battle um, onto the shores of France. And that sort of plays a, quite a big part in the film. But he's basically he's an old man now. He's living in retirement with his wife. They've given up their home. They live live in sort of like sheltered accommodation where there are staff on hand to look after them. They live independently in their own flat with their own furniture, but they have nurses and doctors on staff and they're they're looked after basically. 
and his day is organised where his wife is basically more frail than he is, as she's played by Glenda Jackson in her last role. And he's sort of quite active. He he goes out down the, the front every day and he walks on the beach and he, um, you know, he buys the papers and he sort of keeps himself busy. And it's coming up to sort of June and he had asked the, the manager of his care home if his, his name could be added to the, 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 one of the parties that go over to Normandy to set to commemorate uh, the D-Day landings. These happen. They happen all the time. Basically, they still happen. But this was like the big event, the 60 years. And he's told, "I'm sorry, but you know, we're too late. The the the, the bookings are full. You can't go." And so he goes, "Oh, fair enough." And then basically, on one day, he just has this moment where his thoughts have taken him back 60 years to what happened on that day, and there's things he feels is left undone that there's some things he wants to do and that it's important for him to do this um, not just as a jolly but as as almost like a, as a pilgrimage that there's something he feels is essential that he does and so instead of thinking oh well I've missed it I, he decides to take himself over there and I don't really want to tell you too much more about it in that regard because yeah. the, the nature of the pilgrimage is quite personal I think you need to to follow that through to understand the significance of it, um, yeah. and at the time, this story was the it was like a, a like a light heart. That's why it's called the Great Escaper. It was quite light hearted, and it was the thought of this like man, nearly ninety years old, walking with a frame, in his sort of frailty, but determined that he was going to do this thing. And it was almost portrayed as a bit of a last of the summer wine lark, with just this old boy decided to do this. Yeah, just have a jolly lark by going, you know, taking himself on the ferry over to France. But the film, yeah, I, I, I can imagine it was that, and I can imagine that there someone like the son of the mail would have been like, "Yes, come on, on Britain, yeah. come Britannia, yes, go take the beaches again." Yeah, just just do your thing, and sort of this old boy, he's not to be sort of, you know, they didn't beat him then, and they won't beat him now, that sort of thing. And I think yeah. this film is much more serious than that, and I think in some ways it's been portrayed. As that the Great Escaper, that light-hearted tone bit, but the actual tone of the film, I think, is much more reflective and much more um, not serious because there are light-hearted moments in it. But it looks at the why. It sort of looks at almost the question of why are these old men compelled to keep going back? And one of the answers is one, obviously, that these men were in their teens and twenties when these events happened, and for some of them, it was like the defining moment of their life. And that there's, and they lost friends on those beaches, and they lost their youth in in, in uniform in some ways because they'd spent six years. If they're sort of young men, some of them they got in at the beginning of the war. That was six years of their lives that they weren't getting back. That if they're in their sort of teens and twenties, yeah, those pivotal years um, were tied up. So it is. It was. I thought to me it was done really sensitively because I remember obviously my dad was a Second World War veteran. I've mentioned before a lot. Of, all my uncles yeah. were as well. And my dad never wore his medals, ever. He said he wore them at the victory parade. And the only time I ever saw him wear them was at VE Day 50, at the 50th anniversary at the end of the war. He never wore them any between those times. He yeah. wasn't a member of the British Legion. He was for a few years, and then he left because he said it was full of um, national servicemen. And he was a fighting soldier from the Second World War. And so he took it seriously when we watched... We always stood for the national anthem in my house, and we always stood for the silence because it was serious and it was important. 
And yeah. the, you got the ceiling through this film, portrayed as quite a light-hearted film, but for these men, they were haunted by a lot of the events they saw on those beaches, and that it is serious and important for them. And so yeah. the reason they go to France every year isn't for a jolly. Some of them go to meet up with their pals and get drunk and have a laugh, but a lot of them, it's it's an act of pilgrimage. And this film sort of took you down that route to show that it isn't just a lark. It was an act of pilgrimage. And for him, it was a really important thing to do. And you yeah. see through the film why it was important. And we got to see that journey with him. And so there's a little bit of, uh, there's a bit of melancholy to this film. It wasn't like the jolly lark that I thought it was going to be when I first went to see it. And my brother went to see it the day before I did. And he yeah. was saying, oh, yeah, it makes you think this film. And it does. I think it actually does put you in those shoes. So I thought it was a really well done sort of piece of cinema. Yeah, because because at the first glance, it does look a little bit like, you know, like the un unlikely pilgrimage of Howard Fry with Jim Broadbent, that kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah. but uh, for everything I've heard, it sounds like this film is is a lot, has a lot more in its mind. Yeah. And it's quite sad. And I was moved to tears in a couple of places where I just felt, I felt for him. And, there, and you do see his relationship with his wife and you see their their relationship how it unfolded when they were young. When they were younger, yeah, the yeah. Yeah, so you see when they were courting. When they were courting. So you do get these flashbacks and they have this moment where they like celebrate the sunrise. Um, and you see they, they do that several times through the film. And for every sun that rises it also sets and it made you that there's that sort of sense of melancholy was that we are looking at a couple at the end of their lives. Mm. And at these sort of key moments that they wanted to do, you know, at the end of their lives that was important to them. So there was that feeling of melancholy with it. Though I thought it was very well done. It was, it did move me. And I just made you think again that these old boys you see in ever sort of fewer numbers every Remembrance Day, um, they, you know, they carry these memories with them. And the reason they sort of march in these parades and wear their medals is because, yeah, it was an amazing thing that they did. Yeah. And Okay, so how many stars will we give The Great Escaper? I would give it four. I thought it was um, well worth going to, but don't go to see if you think it's going to be a light-hearted romp, because it, <laughs> it's not. Um, but it is certainly a serious film, I think, and it's a topic that, yeah, I thought it was, you know, for me, it sort of, yeah, touched me and moved me, and I thought it was really well done. Cool. Good stuff. So four stars for The Great Escaper. Um, yeah, I was going to say something, but never mind. It wasn't that important anyway. It, okay. <laughs> it, would, it would only have brought the tone down. So, so uh, now we are going to go over to um, home, Netflix and Friends, where we shall spend the rest of the show. And we will kick off with Wheel of Time Season 2. And Holly, if you are with us. I am. And hopefully right. audible. Okay, cool. So tell us about Wheel of Time Season 2. Based upon an extraordinarily long series of books by Robert Jordan. It was meant to be a 10 part series. Uh, he unfortunately died along the way and um, had to have the last book finished by um, Brandon Sanderson, I believe, uh, who wrote it in three parts rather than one. So it's, a, it's, it's something of a never ending series and is unnecessarily protracted, but I have read all of them compulsively. So, uh, so I, know my, I know my source material. So the... Uh, the premise of the of the story that starts obviously with season one because you know one happens before two is that there are uh, five young people in a village that gets attacked by um, 
sort of demonic appearing half man half animal creatures and they head off on a, a adventure with uh some with led by somebody who is a a wielder of magic and this is thought that the young women whom there are two might be um you know are are actually capable of of the use of what's called um the source at the end of season one, without going into too much detail and spoiling things, it's established that a key character is um, is, uh, is, called, is called Rand, and he is the the dragon reborn, and is going to be the sort of the savior of the destruction of the world. Yep. Series two follows on from this, obviously, and uh, begins with him not having died as his friends thought, and trying to get away to keep them safe. The series then progresses with the women, um, Nynaeve and um, Egwene, uh, learning about their you know, magical, for want of a better word, abilities in the White Tower, which is the place where all of the Aes Sedai, the wielders of the source, um, <laughs> are based. Um, and then things going somewhat awry, with everybody being separated, brought back together, uh, in varying degrees, encountering evil of all sorts and good that is, in fact, evil. It gives you some interesting combinations of religion. There are things which are clearly some of the language can be sort of connected with other languages. The behaviour, you can see some links with Christianity, some links with Islam Christianity doesn't come come off terribly well in it. In all honesty, um, through, no. sa- uh, sa- through well it's through, through, <laughs> through sanctimony and um, and uh, and blind blind belief lacking uh, nuance, which is obviously uh, not yeah it's not the reality. Hold, hold, if I may, if I may, I just wanted to say like it it is quickly becoming one of my favorite things. Hearing somebody trying to sum up a fantasy TV show <laughs> for people who don't, who are not steeped in the law, because I, it's I think you've done extraordinarily difficult. I don't think, yeah, no, it, it is one of my favorite because you start off I mean, each time you start. I think I think Sharon reviewed season one, and it was a similar thing where you're trying to talk about everything, and you talk about Arjas and Isodies, and and you can, and I think I, I can almost hear the moment whenever somebody is trying to dis- describe this thing to people who don't know about it, where they kind of go, "Oh my god, I've just heard myself." Nobody, people think just, I'm crazy. I'm just, I'm just, yeah. I'm just spouting word i'm just spouting sounds you just sort of throw your hands in the air and go i don't know how to explain this properly because it doesn't make much sense yeah. without yeah, yeah. having yeah. actually watched yeah. it yeah yeah it's, uh, a, and it, yeah, it's, it's a, kind of it, it's kind of like how i remember what some of my friends were trying to explain things in game of thrones to me and they were talking oh yeah. slave is bay and blah, blah blah and i was just kind of like yeah yeah place place and other token sounding place this means nothing yeah. to me <laughs> These are words. I recognise the words, but I do not so, recognise so, the context in which you are placing them. Fundamentally, the, the, it is a is... it is a second series of a fantasy series that is based around the classic battle between good and evil, that involves women being able to wield magic safely, and the view being that men cannot, and that when they can, it is dangerous and awful. And your lead male character, Rand, can wield the source, and this is considered to be dangerous. 
he is the reincarnation, for want of a better word, of a previous excellent person, but who managed to break the world when there had been a much more modern, uh, or sci-fi modern world that is more advanced than ours, and has just taken them back to something medieval. Uh, there is drama, there is excitement, there is religion, there is mistrust. It's all action-packed. I'm walking around waving my arms in the air in a slightly incoherent fashion with the and, enthusiasm for it. Yeah, and, and, and with, it is a... And, and from, from what I can hear, from everything I hear, and there's Rosamund Pike being brilliant. Yes. Rosamund Pike is marvellous. I always think Rosamund Pike is marvellous. Um, I, I, I but... have so much respect for that woman. I have so much respect for that, especially bearing in yes. mind that the first time I ever saw her on screen was in a Bond film as a Bond yes. girl. And the, the, yes. the, the, the career that she has built for herself, going on from that, I am in awe of Rosamund Pike. Especially because, she is like, spectacular. Especially because with Wheel of Time, she it's actually run through. She's one of the producers. I think it's run through her production company. So what the woman has done, I I, I just think I think she's great. The ooh ooh, there was a TV show that she was in with Chris O'Dowd, where every episode was about the first ten minutes before a couple go into a couple's um yes couples therapy thing. That was that was filmed in West London. I, 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 I actually located the road in which it was filmed, and and that that was brilliant. It was like ten minute episodes. It was on BBC iPlayer, and they took away the first season before I could finish watching it. But um, yeah, anyway, anyway, Wheel of Time. So Wheel of Time. What do you think? What do you think? Um, Love it. Not... It it has its it has its ups and downs. Um, it is not entirely consistent with the books. It's not necessarily a bad thing because Robert Jordan needed more editing. Um, <laughs> as, as is so often the way. It's, it's, it's like J.K. Rowling, where when she became successful, they stopped editing her and her book's like 25 times too long. Yes. Just a, it's just a thing. And that's really what happened with his writing, which is how you end up with three books for the last one when it could be way shorter. So yeah, that, that, that sounds like a money-making thing. Oh, yes. And, uh, you know sort of self-indulgent rambling thing yeah um so i think it i'd say i think it's very good i it deviates from the book but our books but i think it deviates well the characters are well constructed they're well acted uh i really really enjoyed it um and will very happily watch it again but as we know i watch everything again so that's not necessarily a statement of anything um i give it a solid four what Cool, good for. Oh, and also, by the way, that other show I was talking about was State of the Union. And if anybody yes. can show me where I can where I can watch State of the Union season one without having to pay anything extra than what I'm already paying for all these different streaming platforms, please, please get in touch with us on Twitter, on Facebook by Carrier Pigeon. I want to finish watching State of the Union season one because it was really, really good. Season two, not so much, but season two was a whole different couple. Um, so okay, cool. So. Four stars for Wheel of Time season two, and we shall go on swiftly because I've just been texted to say that I have one of one of my growing brood who is yelling for me. So <laughs> uh, we shall go on to They Cloned Tyrone. Now this is a film on um, Netflix starring Jamie Foxx, Tayona Paris, and John Boyega, and it's uh, it's. The, the idea behind this is that you start off meeting John Boyega's character 
and he plays a character oh, ooh, Udra, whose name I cannot remember but he is a drug dealer he's a drug dealer in a sort of like an inner city mostly black neighborhood somewhere in America and you see him going through his his everyday process what he does he wakes up he asks his mom whether she wants anything she says she doesn't want anything he gets in his car he, he goes to a shop he gets a scratch card he drives around the neighborhood he sells some drugs to some people he deals with some people who are on his patch all that and as it goes on, he meets up uh, with um, Jamie Foxx's pimp, who is called Slick Rick. No, Slick Charles. He's called Slick Charles, and he gets money off Slick Charles, and then he gets shot. He gets shot. He gets gunned down in the car park outside this motel where he meets Slick Charles. Then the next thing you see is that he wakes up the next morning. He wakes up the next morning, so going, huh, like touching his chest where he was shot, and he was like, oh, okay. And it was almost kind of like a, what the hell's going on? Oh, that was weird. Then you see him go through the same thing. He goes in, he gets a scratch card, he has a drink, he go, deals with somebody on his patch, all that. And then he goes to go meet um, he goes to go meet Slick Charles, who is freaked out by the fact that he, this guy is here because he's like, I saw you get shot last night. Why are you here? What the heck is going on? And he goes with Slick Charles and a one of Slick Charles' prostitutes, played by Tarana Paris, called... Coco or something like that. I, I, I cannot remember the I cannot remember the names of anybody from Slick Charles, and they start they start trying to figure out okay exactly what happened exactly what happened because he thinks something is off. They're like, we saw you get shot. How are you still alive? And the, it, it goes on to this whole thing where they it, it becomes like one of these, you know, shaggy dog detective stories. You know, one of, you know one of these things where you have like a detective story where the person who's doing all the detecting is highly unqualified to do the detecting. <laughs> but it's yes. kind of trying to figure it out as you're going along. And that is, uh, that's the three of them. It, it is set in the modern day, but it looks like black spoil. It looks like this film was filmed in the 70s. The fashions look like they're in the 70s, like in the sort of like real black exploitation, foxy brown type mode. And it has a very, very singular tone and a very, very singular look to it. And and the way everything goes about it, especially Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx stepped right... He, he's kind of like Huggy Bear reborn. <laughs> and and so as it goes on, there's a clue in the title, which I, where they call it they clone Tyrone as to what is going on. So I don't think that is much of a much of a surprise. But it's, it's about them going through to figure, okay, what is going on here? What's go-? And then it becomes a satire. It becomes a sort of really high-concept satire of black people in america and what is being done to them <laughs> so i i don't want to say that much much more because i think it's quite clever i think it's quite clever as a black person i am not american but there are some things that have been transported around the world amongst black communities that you can look at and you can be there's a bit where they talk about the, essentially there's a there's a whole thing going through it about the different products that black people use and what those different products that black people use and use a lot of things like hair cream there's a bit about fried chicken there's there's a bit about oh, is there a drink or something like that but but and what goes on with it and so they, they so they said essentially you're pulling at this thread and then they just kept on going to like higher levels of conspiracy and conspiracy and conspiracy to see where this thing goes and it just gets getting crazier and crazier and crazier until it ends up in this kind of well, it ends up with this kind of like. The, let me let me see the climax of this film. 
does not have that much dissimilar with the climax of Austin Powers, the first Austin Powers movie. <laughs> so so there, there's many, there's like loads of different genres in it where it starts looking almost like a realist drama, then it goes a little bit absurdist, then it looks like it's a 70s homage. It's directed by a guy called Jewel Taylor. And I just think that they've done really well with this. I think the satire in it is, is something where, essentially, you know how it is when you're watching something and you immediately, as you're watching it, you start texting people going, Dude, have you seen this? Go, oh, you need to watch this. Oh, will someone please watch this. <laughs> will someone please watch this because I need to speak to somebody about this. Like, because I just, I just started texting everybody I knew who I, who I know is understands seventies black exploitation, and I'm like, this is a, it is, it's a very clever way of doing a satire without it being heavy handed. If you get what I mean, you like when they, when someone there's sometimes because I think it's some some satire that can feel very very worthy very kind of like yes this is the point we're making and this is the thing we're going to try and take down and i feel like this film isn't it does it in a very sort of like in a loose way in a light-handed way dealing with some weighty issues as to almost sort of like systematic issues and it's not just one of those things where it goes oh yeah you know well the problem is that we've we've had racists who've done all this stuff to us it actually goes into going and says okay what have we done to ourselves as black people and i thought it was i loved this film i thought it was really really good i thought it was fun i thought it i thought it sparkled i thought that the 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 three the three of john boyega um tayona paris and jamie fox i thought that they sparked off each other really really well and it works it because i feel like when you have one of these things it's whether you, this group, you enjoy watching them do what they're doing. I enjoy watching them going through whatever it is they're going through. And I really, really did enjoy watching these three. I thought the chemistry worked quite well. I thought that the story was quite good. And uh, ooh, there's a little bit of get out in there as well. Yeah, <laughs> there is a little bit of get out in there. So ooh. all I can say is it's, it's hard to encompass this whole film. All I can tell you is that it's good and go watch it. So they clone Tyrone on Netflix. I would give it a four out of five. So... All that's left to ask is who has won this week? I think it's a head. I think it's a head-to-head draw here. It is it, marvelous. Everything is marvelous. We have had a good time in the cinema and at home over the last week. We are the winners! Yay! Yay! Hurrah! God bless us, everyone. Exactly <laughs> that. Yes. <laughs> So I think I think that that's everything. If you like, uh, if you would like to get in touch with us and you would like to tell us what you thought about any one of these things, a bit like how Scottish Tosin did, if you if you'd like to get in touch with us and just tell us what um, what your th- thoughts were, the Great Escaper, Wheel of Time season two, the Clone Tyrone, or anything that you can see in a back catalog that you've listened to once I've actually uploaded it, because Holly, I was telling Sharon earlier that I still haven't uploaded the show we recorded two weeks ago. So no minor details. You have a new small person. There's a new excuse. small person. There's it's a nice. new small person, but it's it's actually and and there's a new small person which has made the older small person my my main responsibility, and she takes up a lot of time. So, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, but anyway, what was I saying? I was saying, yeah, get in touch with us. Get in touch with us on Twitter, Netflix vs Cinema, Facebook, Netflix vs Cinema, uh, YouTube, Netflix vs Cinema, and um, yeah, give because Sharon is our stats person who likes looking at a YouTube thing and figuring out. What videos are being watched? What trends we're seeing? How many subscribers we have? So please give Sharon something to do and go onto our YouTube channel and do stuff. Do stuff. Share it with people. Tell people about it, and we it will be great. But until anyway, until next week, when I still don't think I would have made it to the cinema. And I don't think Sean will be back from Vietnam. (laughs) I don't think Sean will be back from Vietnam. Actually, uh, I feel like um, 
I might have to start doing a, a section of this show, which is like, things I would really like to see in the cinema. <laughs> things that are in the cinema right now that I would love to see, but I can't because I can't leave my house. Not yet. <laughs> no. things, which are, things that I would have watched in the cinema and I'm now watching at home because I didn't make it to see them in the cinema. I think there needs yeah, well, to be an element of that as well. Yeah, walking at home, walking at home in, in like three months, in th- three months' time. Oh, so actually, that's a good point. Let's see what's actually in the cinema. Redditch. La 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 la. What is in the cinema? The Exorcist Believer, not watching that. Taylor Swift, oh, the Eras. Taylor Swift, the Eras tour. What, The Exorcist or Taylor Swift? Both, actually. <laughs> I'm actually really intrigued by the Taylor Swift thing. I'm actually really intrigued by it. Uh, let's see. The Creator, still around. The Great Escaper. Um, Saw X, heck no. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> the so uh, let's see the troll trolls band together. Mm. Yeah, no. Uh, oh, that's oh. the oh the oh no 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 no. I thought it was like the Norwegian trolls thing. Was like yeah. No, oh no 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 no. Sharon, no. this this is this is an animated movie that even <laughs> I would not go and watch. <laughs> Yeah, nor I. Nor I. Yeah, it's a uh, uh, because we have the whole thing like Sharon will Sharon. It's like no, not cinema. No, I mean, not not um, animation. Pluck my eyes out. I'm like I'm the one who's like animation. Yay, wonderful. But even I won't see trolls. Like even I have my limits. Uh, oh, Killers of the Flower Moon is out tomorrow. Now that's meant to be amazing, and I really want to see it. Oh. And I also want to read the book. Killers of the Flower. A film called Some Motherhood. Yeah. Creator. Don't know what it Ooh. is. There's a Hey Dougie cinema outing. That might be um, that, that might be where yeah, I no. live now. <laughs> that was, yeah, ooh, no. Dumb money. Dumb money's out as well. Oh, oh, that does look good. Oh yeah, no, yeah. These are all films I would like to see. Right, I have right, to check what's on here because things will work, work differently on the Isle of Wight. So who knows what's on our cinema? <laughs> yes, yes, they do. Yes, they. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yes, they do. As 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 oh as I got to sample at the weekend, we actually got to meet up in person yeah, at the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Although didn't get to go to the cinema, didn't get to. The cinema. But well, anyway, this is probably not any good for anybody who's listening. So until next week, when I will bring you all the things that I have resolutely failed to leave my house to go watch in the cinema. It's a good goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me, and a goodbye from me. Ah, I love that whole sort of like Mexican standoff thing. Where who's going to say goodbye first? Who's going to? Yeah, we're going to talk first. at the same time, Good or we, yeah, we just pause <laughs> silence. Oh, uh, okay, never mind. Thank you very much for joining us. Goodbye. <laughs>